Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. I'm here with my man Phil, and today we're going to talk about restaurant guides. Restaurant guides, the bane of uh, so many chefs' existence. Yeah, it's funny because uh, there is like a this myth you will see in movies uh, like Ratatouille that fancy restaurants are always expecting for the inspector to come and rate them, and perhaps in some other culinary movies. Yeah. But I. Almost never uh, were in places that had like that feeling. What about you? I've actually been a few times in restaurants. Um, it really depends where you are. Like, for example, when I was working in London, there were, um, you know, a handful of very, very well-known restaurant critics and people were on the lookout for them. I mean, not actively, but if they would come in, there would be like this very stereotypical kind of scene was sort of like, oh, this this person is here. And suddenly everybody was on high alert. Yeah, I, I had that experience, even in places where we work together at some point. Yeah, yeah this is a, the Michelin inspector, even though he's supposed to be anonymous, but for some reason... You know, you would get that info and you know that that table had to be very, very perfect. There's also the other side where people think it's a Michelin inspector, right? I've, I've had that a few times where it's sort of like, oh, I think table so-and-so is Michelin. And then everybody's like, oh, no, the chef is freaking out. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then it turns out that it's just normal people. There was a funny situation one time in London. As a very famous food blogger who has like, who's very well known in the restaurant scene there. Uh, he's a, an Asian guy. And so one time in a restaurant, we were kind of looking outside and one of the chefs was sort of like, oh, I think that's such and such. And the chef was like, oh, really? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Small restaurant, you know? And then at some point, like one of the waiters went there and came back and was like, that's not, it's not him. It's just a random guy. And, uh, the head chef was sort of like, you're such a fucking racist. Just because that guy is Asian, you think it's this food blogger. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, yeah. I I had a similar situation. I was in this restaurant and there was a VIP coming, like the blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. So a super important person. So the waiter was went direct to him, talked to him all the time. He was serving him wines, recommending, talking, being funny, telling jokes, blah, blah, blah. And then the owner of the restaurant comes and asks, like, how did you treat the, the this guy? Oh, super nice. Look, he's very happy. And... <laughs> The owner goes like, that's not him. It's the table next to him. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy comes uh, and they ask him like, how, how was everything? Like, mm, the food was a little bit short, but okay. You know? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and the other guy, of course, was like, wow. Like, <laughs> He's like, wow, this is the best restaurant ever. They treat me so well. That's really funny. But hey, that's just com that comes to show you, you know, it's like that that's the wrong approach. You have to like the the right approach when a a tester comes in is everybody to say we will do protocol. Just everything as we always do, you know? And have the confidence in that that is, you know, that you're doing everything that you can. It's it's what a what a shitty situation to be fussing. Full restaurant, ideally fussing over one table and this and that and blah, and the sommelier comes and one waiter and another waiter and then the chef comes out and all the other tables are sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? This is a circus, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember also in a restaurant, we had like this Tom Yang Wung soup, like uh, in a yeah. very 
enhanced way, I would say, you know, with a, how do you call this? When you make a double broth, a broth with the, with where you add roasted bones to a fond blanc. Well, like a super strong broth for, for like, for like the Tom Yang Gung soup. So it was like a really rich soup. It was already very- A super soup. A super soup. It was already very, very yeah. rich. And then the, the chef, you, uh, there was this three Michelin star chef coming and the chef went nuts and he started like, Reducing and almost sending him a demi glass, you know. <laughs> it was a and and exactly and driving everyone crazy for one person, you know, like and not even an inspector, yeah. just a guy with three Michelin stars, you know. Yeah, it's weird how the the focus is on the wrong thing, you know. Where you know it's it's this whole like ego boasting, you know. It's like making dishes so that you live out your creativity. And while that's like an important aspect of cooking, your focus should be on your guests, you know, and not just on one guest, but like on all the guests, right? And I feel like that's that's where a lot of Michelin star restaurants especially fall really short. Because sure, you're not supposed to get swayed by all sorts of criticism. Like, I mean, you know, like for example, a random Yelp review, you know, but you should listen to it. And if you have, um, you know, and you should strive for everybody being satisfied not for yourself to be satisfied with yourself that also yeah but you know it's your guests should be the number one priority but also like going back and we're going kind of off topic if we're talking about restaurant guides but i have this other story where it was like this super top restaurant and i was like a you know like an apprentice and uh, at some point they say okay it's confirmed Table six is Alain Ducasse. And, and that day I was um, the chef de party. It was his day off. So I was in charge of the station. So the, the chef, chef, the executive chef calls me to his office, you know, and everything is full of books and the guy's there and he's like, um, do not fuck up, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Uh, you get the opportunity to do this here and there aren't any restaurants in the world where, where you can do this at this level so you better not fuck up and I go back to my station and everything went no I remember there was a moment at service where I think I threatened another apprentice for not giving me hot dishes or something and I went like really violent and somebody told me to calm the fuck down and at the end, we delivered everything nice. I remember the head chef saying like, oh, fuck, uh, Ducasse, <laughs> Ducasse's wife is vegetarian. We just sent them the, the blah, blah, blah broth, which is not. You know, like, <laughs> there was some mistake in that regard. And, and at the end, everybody was cleaning. And then there was this random bearded guy walking around. And suddenly I realized it was Ducasse. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody realized he was inside the kitchen after everybody was so crazy and he just left yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it man yeah it was a funny story <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I've, I've had so many situations like that too where it's like just you know I mean Ducasse is a you know is a hero you know it's like if you are if we talk about celebrity chefs, you know, like Ducasse for me is like on the top because he's like a cool guy. Maybe top one, I would say. Yeah, like he's an yeah. OG and and he's been innovator since the eighties. Yeah, 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 totally. He's got in. He's like he's been developing further and further. You know, like he's stayed with the times. He's always been influential still today, and he's like a nice guy. 
Yeah. You know, he's super supportive of our chefs. You know, he goes out to eat all the time in, especially in Paris, you know, like goes to like small restaurants run by young up and like young guns up and coming. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's an OG. And he is, by the way, one of the most Michelin awarded chefs in the world. I think he's mm -hmm. number four or five. I don't know. But he has like a, a lot of Michelin stars. He has an empire. So what are your thoughts on the Michelin Guide? Do you think it's important? Do you think it's bullshit? Half, half? Half, half. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, when I started cooking, probably very similar to you, I wanted to go into Michelin straight away. And I did, right? Because, I mean, that was like over 15 years ago. So at that time, still Michelin was a standard of this is good, right? This is the top. It's not true today anymore, I think. Um, Michelin for me is like, like, I don't hate Michelin, but Michelin is not like for me, the thing to strive for. For me, Michelin encapsulates a certain direction of cooking, right? I wouldn't say a certain style because that would be too specific, but a certain direction. Michelin, what I like about Michelin is that even though restaurants of many different styles have Michelin stars, I don't even want to go into like the hawker stalls or stuff because that's a whole nother thing. But like in Europe, you know, and sort of like uh, um, that sort of cooking, you can know, you know, if you go to a Michelin style restaurant, you know, you're going to a certain direction. It's going to be tasting menu. You know, there's certain parameters. And I like that about that compared to other food guides where I feel like sometimes things get compared that are just uncomparable. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, what I like now is that it's just, you know, Michelin is just another aspect of the whole picture. It's just another piece to the puzzle. There are restaurants that are by choice, way more casual, a la carte ordering, you know, more relaxed atmosphere, et cetera, et cetera. But with the same quality and the same dedication to execution. And uh, it's really opened up the gastronomic world. So that you can say, okay, if I want a Michelin star experience, I go to a Michelin star restaurant, but I can have a meal that's just as good, different setting, different style in a different restaurant that doesn't have a Michelin star. And uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't particularly love Michelin. I like Michelin, but it's not like the thing, right? For me. Yeah. I have a similar opinion, like same as you, when I started As an apprentice, my goal was to go to a one-star, then a two-star, and then a three-star restaurant in that order. And so I did. Uh, I learned a lot. I was really interested, uh, and I think that's perfectly fine. And, and knowing who these chefs were and what they work are and knowing their books and their work. And I think it's a good reference. I think uh, if you're uh, at, at culinary school, it's super interesting to see the work of these people because they apply techniques in in ways that you probably haven't thought of. But then then I realized that going to a Michelin star restaurant is like going to the theater or going to an opera or something like that. It's a special occasion. I think people that go to Michelin stars uh, four times a week because they're rich are just idiots. You know, like, like why, why would you do that? doesn't make sense to me in any case. Yeah. In my opinion, I have never been in a three Michelin star place eating. I've been there working. And I probably wouldn't go there to yeah. eat unless they invite me because I prefer going to one-star restaurants for the same price instead of a three-star restaurant. And I think the difference is not that huge. 
I think uh, uh, one star restaurant delivers excellent food, and a lot of people don't don't know that uh, a one star restaurant is already like a lifetime achievement. Something very very hard to get. It's something you 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 don't get by chance or by because you know someone. It's not like that. Yeah. So in that regard, I think like. Uh, the standards are the parameters are clearly, you know, like people who knows knows. I've been in places where I, I yeah. predicted we're going to get a star and they got it, or I didn't knew they had a star and they had it, or I thought this could have two and they got the second right away because I know the parameters and I know what to expect because I've been around this world and reading and and visiting these places for many years. Then also when I travel. For me, it's, I usually, and especially if it's, uh, when I was traveling in Asia, like, I, I don't know anything about the restaurant scene in Kuala Lumpur, you know? And for me, it's more reliable to look like for the non-star places in the Michelin Guide, the cheap eats that they also have like this section. And I know these places have like also some parameters, perhaps is it authenticity, yeah. uh, You know, like, like there was like a Vietnamese place that was in the guide, not 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 star place, but but in the guide. And I know it's going to be like a good traditional Vietnamese place, yeah. and it was. You know, like like in that case, I think it delivers trust, and that's what what I like about it. What I don't like about it is I don't know maybe people getting too obsessed about it or showing too much off that they work in Michelin star places or these kind of things. Like I'm like, you know, like yeah. Yeah, I feel like especially, well, no, I actually don't want to say that. I was just going to say like Americans get really obsessed with it, you know, and I'm really happy that I completely agree. I think you put it very well. Uh, I completely agree with you. And I'm very happy that we're moving away from this mania, you know, also like not just like in the perception of customers and guests going to restaurants, but for like from chef's point of view, I'm so happy that there's so much more spectrum you know i have so many friends that i've come up through my career with um that have been in michelin star restaurants you know for like the vast majority of their career and then at some point decide to step away from that and pursue a different style of cooking which is not based on so and so many amis bouche and tweezers and all those like i mean these are uh, cliches you definitely don't have to have that for cooking the michelin star but you know It doesn't make it any, like, it doesn't make it less good, you know? It's just like a different style. I'm super happy that this is the case now. Yeah, also something that a lot of people don't know, because even Xander, the producer of the show, he he once asked me, why aren't there any Michelin star restaurant here in Mexico? Like, there are super good restaurants. And I'm like, because there is not a guide in Mexico. You know, like, the guide yeah. at the beginning was only in France, and places where the guide exists is the places that get a star. And you just mentioned United States, but United States ha had not a mission and guide until 2005, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Before that, it yeah. didn't existed. So all these places like Daniel Boulou and Jan Josh and Thomas Keller didn't have a star because the, you, you would have like the, what's the name of the American guide? I don't remember. There's like a, they also have stars, but it's another guide. Like, and it used to be like the, the most, yeah like the strongest guy then in America until Michelin came, came in. Now it's gone. You know, it's like in Carta. <laughs> <laughs> sucks, man. So it, it recently there were new additions. Brazil is, a, is less than 10 years for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think Argentina was just last year that they, they opened a guy in Argentina. I'm not sure about Chile. I could expect if they... Dubai. Dubai was last year. Exactly. You know, like they're Asia. Asia was uh, after the 2010s. Before that, there, there was no yeah. guide in Asia. Yeah, because it's not, it's not easy. It's a huge undertaking, no, to guide, um, as I like to make a guide for, you know, a country. It's, uh, it's nuts because, I mean, to, to rate a restaurant... Several people have to go there several times a year and rate it and like get the average and like they did it. They take it very seriously. You know, I mean, you would think they take it very seriously. There's a book I read many years ago. It's, it's called the French title is something like the inspector's seats to the table. Yeah. And, and it's about like a mission and inspector telling everything. He never mentions the guide kind of like how we speak about restaurants that we never mentioned the restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And But everybody knows who we're talking about. <laughs> so this guy was an inspector and he would say things like there were only five inspectors in France at the moment or he will tell the stories how how he would go to restaurants and probably he, he wouldn't be the person you were expecting. Maybe not that guy that everybody's attending but the other one that is eating with his kid and tasting the kid's menu and And, you know, there, there is also like this romantic thing about Michelin guy that an inspector would find a restaurant in a hidden forest in a mountain that nobody knew of. And it was like a culinary palace full of chefs in their white uniforms. And I mean, these kind of things, I, for me, Walter's place is something like that, you know, like it's a storage room with a <laughs> with a top sushi place, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Like it's pretty cool also like in that regard. Yeah, for sure. What about 50 Best? Um, before we move on to 50 Best, I want to ask you a question. Um, while on the topic of Michelin, what is your opinion on the Green Star? To be honest, I don't know like the parameters of it. I know places that have gotten the star. I know places that have gotten the star and are bullshit <laughs> because I know people that work inside and tell me like, this, this is all a lie. We're not sustainable yeah. at all. We're like eco-criminals, just, you know, saving our asses. And that's my opinion on it. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm asking is because I have the same opinion. While um, I'm not super hating on Michelin in and of itself, I think the Green Star is bullshit. Because from what you hear, the it's it's just greenwashing, you know? Yeah. Like, it, they, they don't, like, the, the idea is good, but the execution seems to be almost non-existent. Um, I don't know if you saw the rant that Christian Puglisi posted on Instagram at one point. No, on, uh, on the topic. No, no idea. Yeah, it's it's worth watching and big props to Christian Puglisi for always keeping it real. I'm going to visit, uh, you know, I'm going just for four days to Copenhagen and I booked two of his places because they're, you know, they're on the way and the schedule and I think Beast probably has one of the best pizzas in the world. You know, like I, I also want yes. to write a review about it. Um, yeah, Chris, Christopher Gleasy, one of the coolest chefs, in my opinion, especially if you're interested in sustainability and organic restaurants and that sort of stuff. Um, and he posted a video after he got the Green Star and he was telling the story of sort of like how it happened. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I was like somewhere else. And then I got a call. Sort of like, hey, congratulations, you got the green star. And I was like, okay, uh, cool. And he said, he was like, okay, so then I called my, the head chef of Relay, which was one of his main restaurants at the time, which is now closed. And he was like, hey, so um, 
uh, what was going on there? Did somebody come by and look at what you guys were doing? And his head chef was like, no. Somebody just called us, asked us a couple of questions. I answered them and they were like, okay. And that's it. And they got a star, the green star. The thing is that, you know, this is probably what happens with most places like, you know, like Aso Mendi and that sort of stuff, you know, pseudo nature restaurants. Yes. And it's just so lazy. And it's like, probably most people, they won't question it. They'd be like, hey, great. We got the green star, you know? Ah, of course. Amazing. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I completely agree. Um, But it's, you know, it's like the idea is good. Yeah, like, like uh, restaurants are going to produce a lot of waste, you know, like especially restaurants at that level. And then it's like a, a problem because the way of dealing with waste is unglamorous, you know, and these restaurants are yeah. glamorous. So there is this contradiction, uh, which is a problem. And there, there goes a lot of chefs ego in the way. So like, I don't know what the solution is. Well, the solution is to be honest about it, I think, and to acknowledge the problems that there are and to be very open and transparent and open for changes. Nobody's expecting it to be perfect, but uh, I think the the approach can't be let's hide all the ugly shit and just present you with the good stuff. Especially when you talk about sustainability, it's kind of like, well, what are the problems we need to approach? This, 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 what can we do? And it's a process, right? But not just kind of like sweeping it under the carpet and being like, all right, Everything's fine. Because there are things like, I don't know, reusing some containers or these kind of things that are unglamorous. They're not pretty. They want to look pretty in the picture that you want to make of your fancy restaurant, you know? Yeah. Uh, just to say a, a silly example. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. So now, 50 best. No, 50 best. <laughs> oh, no, oh, man. I, I don't know. I have not looked at a 50 best list in a while because I, in the beginning, I thought it was all right. Same. And... After a while, I was like, what is going on here? And after getting a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenery, as you move from, you know, world famous restaurant to world famous restaurant, you meet people and blah and this and that, you just realize how corrupt it is and how tied to tourism boards in countries and, and also on a more superficial level. The way to compare restaurants was just like, man, what? For me, Michelin is like the Oscars and 50 best is like the Rolling Stones 500 best list, you know, which is completely, <laughs> completely <laughs> random. You know, like you have the Rolling Stones and Britney Spears in the same list, you know, like something like <laughs> I remember like. Just uh, one of the last times I looked at the list, I have no idea who's number one at the moment. I do not care. I couldn't care less. For me, it's just like a big wank fest of people jerking each other off of being like, uh, who's number one, this, that, that. And like, I, I remember Ryugin being like on, you know, spot, I don't know, 30 something. And then I remember like restaurants coming in that were just like, I was like, how can you, how is this comparable? Exactly. Uh, that, that That's a problem. Like, how can you compare Ryujin with, I don't know, like a super nice grill place, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, in Colombia. And it's like, I'm sure that grill place is amazing, but it's just not comparable, you know, like. You know what I feel about 50 Best is that it's almost um, comparable to like Instagram chefs. I feel like the more Instagrammable you are and the more marketable you are, the higher you are on the list. And I, yeah, I completely agree, actually, on that one. That's also something interesting because uh, 
what I mentioned earlier, like in Michelin, this uh, cheap eats uh, section they have, sí. all the restaurants have like super nice pictures. Maybe then you go there and, and the restaurant, especially in Asia, can be like, like a kind of trashy place compared to the pictures you saw earlier. But the pictures are all perfect. So I, I can imagine they operate like Airbnb that sends you the photographer to the place to make the nice pictures. Sí. And I could expect that from Michelin, but from 50 pet they expect you to be Instagrammable already. You know, well, like it's yeah. probably one of the parameters for sure. Yeah, and it's like kind of like what the whole thing is built upon. It, it's you know, with this these huge award ceremonies and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, I don't know. It's it's uh It's just like a, somebody once called it the like boys club, you know, the like culinary boys club. And it's like, yeah, you see all the same faces all the time and everybody's just like, you know, blowing each other off and just kind of like smoking cigars. Yeah. And it's like, nah, man, I don't, I don't need and having, having the snowy chats. <laughs> There's so many great restaurants in that list, you know, so many, but I don't know. I, for me, it has very little to do with what for me is interesting in the culinary world. Yeah, 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 I, I agree. Like it's, for me again, it's a reference. If I see a place that isn't in the list, it's like, oh, wow, this place is in the list, you know? But that's it. Naturally, some places come in that like, uh, you know, like um, recently kind of opened for example, that I'll be happy about and that I'm like, oh, cool, they deserve recognition, you know? Like for example, uh, Cezanne, you know, in Tokyo, when it went in, you know, it's like a place that, super amazing and you're like okay well they have to get recognition you know but i feel like if you take like for me the 50 best list if you take it as a like if you look at the 50 best list to see where you're gonna go eat i feel like only rich pricks do that you know like no not that you're a prick if you're rich but it's kind of like mm, is it on the 50 best list let's see you know it's like <laughs> Just, just go out and eat at a restaurant, man. Yeah, yeah, is that, is, yeah. For me, for me, that's the kind of people that goes to three Michelin star restaurants. It's like, oh, uh, you know, like yeah. Anyways, what about normal guides? Like, I don't know, TripAdvisor or Google Business. Um, I um, have to be honest. I pretty much never, ever, ever look at online reviews of a place. Um, not even, not even the rating. Hardly, hardly ever. Like I, for me, it's like automatical. Like, well, if, I, if I'm like, you know, like uh, managing bookings and like, for instance, next week I'm having a trip. Yeah. So I want to organize the dinners and come ahead with my places booked, you know? So, and I'm checking and I, I will probably yeah. look for Michelin and Google business. Perhaps I will see for some, whatever journalist that built a list or has some opinion or something. I, First thing I would do before that, for sure, is I will ask people. I will ask friends, like I ask you and some other friends mm. for play. So, and then yeah. I, because it's like, okay, Copenhagen, you know, it's like an important culinary city. So I, I want to have a good grasp of it. Because the last time I went to Copenhagen, man, I was so mad. Like I went there, from, I was living in Bolivia and I went there and our host was like, we're going to bring you to a very special place. And they brought us to a, a Latin American place. And I was like, oh, wow, great. This is so nice. exactly what I wanted to do in Copenhagen, having here some fake Latin food. Oh, man, that's so upsetting. That's like, I, I've, I've done it before and you just don't think about it because you just like, yeah. Yeah, like it's very normal. You know, I, I found yeah. out talking about this that it's very normal that 
oh, my friends for Japan are coming. Let's take him to the sushi place. So they see, <laughs> they see how the sushi is here, how different it is from Japan. You know? <laughs> That's really and, funny. And it's, it's good-hearted, yeah. you know, but but it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, so, like, where I will check, like, normal guides is, for example, like really sort of like casual places. Like, I'll try like a new pizza place, you know. Then I'll read the reviews on like a burger place that looks nice, but I haven't heard about it. Then I'll read the reviews, you know. So like for like takeouts. Also, if you're traveling and and you just want to nourish yourself, you know, you're not being picky yeah. or fancy. You just want to eat. For mm. me, it's like a basic tool, you know, because I will very hardly eat in a place that has less than 3.5. I think that's that's my limit. If it has 3.5 mm. and I'm hungry, I, I will eat it. And I, but, <laughs> but if it's less than that, by experience, I don't do it because if I'm dying, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do it because I know it's going to be shit and expensive and you know, like for sure not. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But like on the other hand, like if I am working in a business and if I'm in a restaurant, I take like Google reviews and like Yelp reviews quite seriously, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's not like, oh, fuck that shit, you know, like I will read all of them. And like really, you know, a lot of them you can just push to a side if they're bad, you know, but it's like, for me, it's very important to, to pay attention to that and to with each one kind of think like, all right, is there something valuable here for me to consider? Um, so I don't read them in my free time, but I read them for like my work for sure. Uh, there was this review that went super viral. <laughs> it was like... Someone writing super angry, one star. Like, yeah, we went to this place and we asked for the kids menu and they told us they didn't have kids menu. So they brought us like the same meal and our 17 year old kid had to eat like a proper. <laughs> Damn. And then the, the owner answered something like, when I was 17, I would eat. Two whole ducks, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Two whole chickens and potatoes, or something like that, and that went super oh, viral. You know, like that seventeen-year-old yeah. baby. <laughs> That's horrible. I saw. I, I really. I saw one the other day where it was kind of like one star, super horrible, worst pizza I've ever had. Dough undercooked, topping super disgusting. Never going again. And the owner was like, "We don't sell pizza." <laughs> Like, what is going on? Yeah, I've seen some that one star, this is horrible. Uh, and what was it? There was a long queue and we didn't, they asked us to have reservations, so we couldn't get in. And it was like, oh yeah, okay, so that's you, terrible. You, you I didn't hate that. You didn't even eat, you know? <laughs> but, but I think the ones that make me the most angry are the ones where it's like three stars. Everything was great. Food, service. <laughs> Amazing restaurant. And it's like, why the fuck you want to get three stars? <laughs> yeah, and there was another uh, one that went super viral. This has nothing to do with reviews, but someone asked, <laughs> someone asked on Twitter, is cocaine gluten-free? <laughs> <laughs> what? And that had like millions of, of repostings <laughs> and comments of all kinds. You can Google it. It's like a, a funny tweet. Nice. So what other, other guides are there? There is Gold Mio, La Liste, and those kind of things. Sorry. But I think those are minor guides nobody cares about, right? 
even though Gold Me Yo is it yeah. has like a strong reputation and and you know the re- it used to be big. I feel like yeah, and now it's like mm-hmm. nobody really cares about it anymore. Maybe only in France. I would say Germany as well. At least some years ago. Not anymore, though. Like that's the thing. Like it used to be like, oh, they have so and so many stars and so and so many Gold Me Yo points. It always was together, and I don't hear anybody talking about that shit anymore. Well, then there are local guides, all kind of local guides in each country. Like you have Feinschmecker in Germany, you have Repsol here that, you know, they have their audience, they have their place. Yeah, for sure. There's like small, you know, also like magazine columns, you know, like I think that's quite nice, you know, when there's like food magazines and there's like a small mention of your restaurant, sort of like, yeah, you know, I don't know, you know, for me, that's kind of like, that's much more like I would rather have that, you know. Being mentioned in local magazines, having maybe like a Bip Gourmand, you know, I, I really like Bip Gourmand. Yeah, could you explain what Bip Gourmand is? So Bip Gourmand is uh, an award that the Michelin Guide gives restaurants for really excellent quality that's not necessarily in a Michelin sort of fine dining setting, Yeah, but it's like exceptional food Yeah, for a, an affordable price point, I think is the, mm-hmm. the criteria. I'd, I'd much rather have a bit go more than a Michelin star, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too, probably. That's it for this week's episode of Potluck Food Talks. If you like what we're doing, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as Potluck Food Talks. The show airs every Monday.